I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I hope your morning is treating you well. Today we are going to dive into how to change your habits. But first, let's talk about Rosebud Thorn. So my rose today is having the perfect coffee at my Airbnb. So if you don't know, I am a huge coffee nerd. Like, I know I say huge like Donald Trump. Everyone makes fun of me, aka my husband makes fun of me. I don't know how to pronounce the H in it. I just don't. But I have a, I'm a huge coffee nerd. Huge. Um, I'm a big coffee nerd. And I am always nervous when I travel somewhere about the coffee. I feel like I have to bring my whole setup to have really good coffee. And in fact, I brought two bags of coffee with me just in case. And my milk frother. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's deep. But normally, like I'm talking, I'll bring my whole pour over set and my kettle and everything. And I was just like, I'm going to be really casual about it. Oh my gosh, I brought three kinds of coffee. I also brought some like steeped bags just in case. Um, <laughs> so I I didn't bring everything. I just brought, you know, I tried to bring enough to just kind of cover the bases. But they had amazing coffee waiting for me. One of my favorites, they had iridescent from Counterculture, one of my favorite blends. And they had an awesome grinder. They had a Bonavita like coffee machine, which is very fancy. And if you're also a coffee nerd, then you know you have to get the ratio perfect. And I usually use a scale to do that. I have kind of like the ratio I like for my scale. And I didn't bring a scale because that would be weird. It would be weird of me to do that. I don't normally do that. Um, but yeah, I didn't bring a scale. And so I just kind of winged it and I found the perfect ratio the first time and had the perfect cup of coffee in a new place. It's been bliss. One of the best cup of coffees I've made in a really long time, honestly. And I will just say, mm, that is a rose. You know, that is a good moment. My bud, the thing I'm looking forward to is just I have one more day here at this Airbnb and it's just like one more day of peace. I have like woods all around me. I'm staying in like a circular house that's windows like all the way around and there's just like pine trees everywhere. And it's just me and the silence and the trees and I love it. And I have one more full day of that and that is perfect. My thorn is just, you know, I'm here doing all of my 2021 planning thinking about how to simplify the business. You know, my big theme for the month is quality over quantity. And y'all, I am a dreamer. I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of plans, lots of things I want to do. And there's only so much time. And I think that's my thorn is just time being finite and wishing that I could do more with the time that I have. Um, I used to have to turn down so many things that I want to do because I'm just one person and the time doesn't exist. And it's very easy for me to get shiny object syndrome to just say yes to everything and then neglect the things that actually, you know, pay me and my employees and my, you know, my husband and, and keep things moving over here because things just are so exciting. So yeah, so many dreams and so little time. That is my thorn. So today we're going to talk a lot about, uh, growth mindset, which is a theory created by Carol Dweck and her research. So 
she studied students um, about like who bounced back from failure and then those who were devastated, right? So she's basically did a study about like, why do some students recover from failure and then others, when they fail, they're devastated by it. And this, this research is so helpful as we create lifestyle changes or we talk about building habits because failure is inevitable. Like it's going to happen. So part of our work is just preparing for the reality that this is the future. Like we will fail (laughs) and everything that we try, like at some point failure is going to occur. What we have to do is figure out how do we respond to it. So Dweck in her research learned that the students who believed that they could get smarter over time were more likely to bounce back after failure than those who believed that they were as smart as they would ever be. So another way to say this is people who thought they could improve would keep trying and people who thought like, I am what I am, I will always be what I am, they were more likely to give up because they felt like there was no progress to be made. What's fun about this is that neuroscience backs up the fact that we are, in fact, malleable. We can build new neuropathways when we change our behavior to match the growth we want to be doing. Like, it's scientific. We can, absolutely. This is huge because we're not, we're not just, like, as talented, as kind, as qualified, or as smart as we will ever be. We can continue to pr- improve over time. So how do we develop a growth mindset? It's simple. We treat input as data, not as a diagnosis. So when something doesn't work, when we try to set up a boundary and it's not received well, when we launch a product and it doesn't sell, when we try to date and it doesn't work out, we take in the information, we note what didn't work, and we make a plan for moving forward differently. So when we have a fixed mindset and those things happen, we think to ourselves, I'm not good in relationships. I'm not a good business owner. Whatever it is that you believe about yourself, you will be able to achieve. So it's important that we don't identify as our failure and instead we see a place to learn, edit, and improve. So what so many people tend to do after receiving negative information or feedback is that they go down the path of discipline. So let's say, okay, I'm developing a growth mindset. I'm ready to move on. I'm going to just do better, be better, get better. I'm going to control myself enough to improve. If you've read my book, you already know how I feel about the path of discipline. I don't think it works. I don't think it's ever worked. (laughs) It's really like, you know, you start to get really strict with yourself. You attempt to punish your way to change. And that's not what we want to do. Shame-based growth does not work. We have seen it time and time again. We restrict ourselves and then all of the sudden, all of our energy is dedicated to focusing on that thing we can no longer have. It's unsustainable and quite frankly, it's just not very nice to ourselves. Instead, I want you to focus on getting curious. Get to the root of why you have the habits you do in the first place. So I encourage you to ask the following questions about the habit and be specific. You're going to want to, so like think about like what habit you want to shift and change and then answer the following questions. Number one, what benefit do I currently receive from this habit? Is there a way to jump start, jump to the source of what I'm craving here instead? 
So really start to acknowledge, like, what is this habit kind of offering me? Maybe you have a habit of scrolling on your phone first thing in the morning. Maybe it makes you feel like you're on top of things or you're connected. Is there a way to just kind of get that feeling of connection, get to that feeling of being on top of things without the habit you're trying to break? Number two, what are the barriers built up that prevent me from changing this habit? So what's making this hard for me? You know, one of my, we talked yesterday about how my big objective last year was read a book a month. And the big obstacle was that I was spending my time on my phone that I would like to be spending reading. So I needed to eliminate that obstacle. I needed to have a place that my phone went that I did not pick it up. Number three, do I really want to do this habit or do I just think I'm supposed to? Um, The reality is that you have to want it. If you're going to change a habit, it has to be something that you want to do. It can't be something that you feel like you're supposed to do because everyone else is doing it or you are told that someone by someone somewhere, some way that you are supposed to do it. That's never going to fly. If you're really going to want to make sustained growth, you have to make sure you're changing the habits you actually want to change. Number four is what would it be the benefit of changing this habit? Really take a minute and acknowledge like what would be the positive outcome of this habit change and own it, right? So if you want to sustain change, if you want to maintain momentum with this kind of thing, you have to stay connected to how it's going to benefit you in the long run. Otherwise, you're just doing it for doing its sake and the likelihood of it fizzing out goes way, way up. So again, let's play this out as an example. So let's say the habit I want to change is I want to read a book a month. The benefit I have from not reading. So by not reading, I get to numb out, right? Can I, I get to just kind of zone out, find, you know, not have to overcomplicate my life. So if I want to jump to the source of that, like, right, if I want to just skip the habit and get to the result, I can just lay on the floor in silence for three to five minutes a day and get that same level of relaxation more effectively. The second, the answer to number two is like, what are the barriers? Is it phone scrolling, iPad, TV shows? And then how can I limit the use of these? So like we talked about before, I created a charging station. I put my phone there. I don't get on my phone unless it's during work hours and I don't read during work hours. So they don't conflict anymore. Number three is, do I really want to do this? Is If the answer is yes, then great, keep going. If the answer is no, then like don't keep going. Pick a different habit. Number four, the benefit. If I'm reading more, then I'm more likely to be inspired, creative, connected, more relaxed, more con- more informed. Those are the benefits. So pick a couple of those and hold on to them. I think I wrote inspired, creative, and connected. So you may have to do this often for even the same habit. When you notice yourself not following through anymore, revisit these questions and get back on board. Or release the pressure to do something just because you think you should. Everything isn't for you and that is perfect. More than okay. That's perfect. So I have included a worksheet in the show notes to help you through this process as well as a graphic about fixed mindset and growth mindset and curiosity versus discipline. You can find that all linked below. Today's food for thought is from Albert Einstein. It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. 
This is something that I try to share with our kiddo. No one is innately gifted. Some people just keep showing up. I used to think that one day someone would just walk into a coffee shop and pick me and say, you, write the next great novel. And I would just have a book deal handed into my lap, right? But in reality, by the time I wrote my book, it came because I had been showing up online consistently for 10 plus years. And finally, the right time, the right place, the right content all came together to put me in the position to be able to write book number one. And that happened because I kept showing up every single time and I kept learning and growing and improving. Not because I just woke up perfectly ready to do this and everyone just said, the stars will align and she's the one, you know, it just, it is showing up for the things that don't work out and pivoting and learning and improving and keeping going, (laughs) keeping going. I'm going to stick with that. All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let me know on Instagram how you feel about today's thought exercise or what you got from today's episode. I would love to hear from you. And as always, if you have a second, leave a rating or review on iTunes. It does mean a lot to podcasters like me. Until next time, I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.